So hello to this special episode of the Runners podcast. Podcast episode will be just with me. <laughs> I'll try to explain my experiences in sports and in running especially during my pregnancy. And I had the idea to talk a little bit about each trimester. So now I'm in week 13. So I just passed the first trimester, so the first three months. So maybe as an info, a pregnancy has three trimesters of three months, so in total nine months. Yeah, and normally there are like main changes after each trimester. So I thought that's a good time span to, to recap a little bit how I was doing. My report will probably be very personal and not very much the same for every other uh, running woman or so. But when I was looking for information on running and pregnancy and sports and how it felt and what to expect, I found it very difficult to find really information. I just had some running friends that, that already had children. But other than that, yeah, there were some studies and some websites maybe. Yeah, but since I felt there wasn't <laughs> enough information, I had the idea, okay, once I... Once I'm done with my experience, I would like to share it. Okay, so as I said, this first part of the episode, I'm recording in week 13. And I will go a little bit uh, through how week by week, what changes I realized, what changed in my eating, in my mood, in my, um, in my body, more or less. Um, but mostly... I want to put the focus on what changed for me in, in sports. Because as I said, the other information I think is quite easy to find and it's quite common knowledge. But I found on sports, it's it's more, more difficult to find info. And so these first six weeks, what did I uh, remember? So in sports, I tried following my normal training regime plan because I, I talked to my trainer and he said just, well, he already had many athletes that... Uh, that were even competing and training during pregnancy and after. And as long as I have a normal pregnancy and as long as I think it's it's a good thing and I feel well with this decision, then I could do whatever I want. Yeah, and also what I found interesting, what I didn't really know before, that all these abortions in the first trimester cannot be caused by the by the mother because she does something wrong doesn't eat well or doesn't eat enough or is moving too much or so but it's mostly um yeah because something builds wrong so in the beginning there are many cells that are that are being formed and if the system realized that they made a they made a mistake in forming these cells that will then develop the brain and so on um, then it automatically causes an abortion. But it seems that these abortions in the first trimester uh, can hardly be or not be <laughs> caused by the mother. So that relieved a little bit my stress. So I thought uh, in the beginning, okay, I'm just going to continue with my training because um, I feel good apart from my breasts. <laughs> um, so, But then more and more I had these trainings where I realized... I was just super out of breath or hitting a wall way earlier than expected. I remember like once I wanted to do hill repeats, um, 10 minutes, um, uh, 10 minutes up and then something like three minutes um, sprint in the end. 
And I did the first interval <laughs> and I felt okay during the interval and also during the warm-up. But then in the pause afterwards, I felt like I had done 20 times 1000 <laughs> and I was just so dead. I don't know, I couldn't... I, I couldn't do anything anymore so I walked back home and even that was already tiring and it took like an hour or so and yeah that happened a couple of times that I started and then I realized no I'm just too dead but it came sometimes all of a sudden and it was like um, I think I, I explained it once normally in running you you run and you realize it gets a little bit, bit more difficult, but once you survive that that phase, you, you get sort of to the next level and then you have to hold that pace, for example, and then, and then you climb from level to level and it always gets more difficult and your body tells you every time for every level louder and louder to stop and to, to do something else. And normally, once you have the experience and the... And the, the confidence, you know, okay, until that level, I don't really have to listen to my body or <laughs> so telling me to stop or, or it doesn't, yeah, it's not like, um, it, it's not like it's working uh, against each other all of the time also. Um, but normally at a certain point, you feel like you come to that point where, where really, neither neither your body neither your mind want to proceed or to the next level let's say and here I felt like I was running two kilometers very easy for a warm-up and then all of a sudden I, I was like confronted with this final super level where I thought no okay this is just this is way too much for my body and my mind didn't want it to go there either so it was a little bit strange because I knew I hadn't done anything, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, um, I just followed my sensation and then walked back home. Um, yeah, and sometimes then I had to take a nap because I was starting to get tired. So yeah, I realized that that intervals were a little bit more tricky, um, and that also my my condition was changing like every day. That it was hard to predict, but on days where I felt good. I was really I was really able to run 30k or so on trails without any um without any problems um but I realized the more and more that sometimes I had these phases where I felt like vomiting a little bit and I didn't really want it to eat um I remember I think it was the first time when we ran a 33k trail run um somewhere in the woods and we had taken banana bread with us, and normally I really like banana bread. And then I, I ate a piece, and it was really not... It didn't really taste well, and it was really a struggle eating it. So there were some signs of fatigue and of of feeling sick. Um, but overall, I think until until week six, my condition was okay-ish. Yeah, and also during that phase, I was even in the beginning, I think, a little bit more hungry. Um, so so there I gained a little bit of weight. But then in the following four weeks, <laughs> everything was... Uh, it was not really a fun period. And there I lost a few kilograms. So right now, after the first trimester, I'm still at my, at my normal pre-pregnancy weight. Even though my proportions have totally changed uh, according to me so I don't really understand it but maybe my muscles all already have 
have transformed themselves <laughs> into, I don't know, a larger breasts and larger uh, legs and hips and I don't know. But these changes are also not really remarkable by any anyone else, I realize, I think. Um, but anyway, let's first uh, stick to the to week six to ten. So that's when it turned difficult or not fun at all. <laughs> so there I had four weeks where most of the days I was just super exhausted. When I woke up, I didn't really know how to survive the day because I was just tired from the beginning on. And yeah, working was really not so much fun because I was working in home office. So that was good that when I was super tired, I could nap for 10 minutes or so. But overall, when you're so exhausted, then you cannot really concentrate or work effectively. So working was already a little bit of struggle and it was really extreme, this fatigue. But what, what was worse was that I lost the fun of eating. I don't know, normally I really like food and I really like eating. And then most things that I liked before, I couldn't stand anymore. And it was really hard to find something that I wanted to eat. Yeah, that was quite annoying I felt because it took away much of the quality of every, every day when normally you you look out to I don't know to eat something and then that was a struggle as well um, because in the beginning I then just thought okay if I'm not feeling well I don't have to force myself to eat something um, but then as I said I lost a few kilo kilograms and then I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna force myself anyway because I don't want to lose too much weight but when you force yourself to eat, you cannot eat as much as before. <laughs> and I think I was eating a lot before. So it was difficult keeping up the same calorie intake. But okay, I was also doing less sports. Yeah, and concerning the food that I was eating, like normally we had this uh, cereal drawer with all different nuts and cereals. And I mixed my porridge every morning with fruit and, and yogurt and whatever we had. And I found all of that <laughs> it wasn't, I couldn't eat any of that anymore. But uh, yeah, all fruits and vegetables I, I didn't really like. So in the beginning I thought just plain rice or pasta <laughs> would work. Yeah, and then I tried like chips and ice cream for, for a week or so, which was okay. But I mean, if you only eat chips and ice cream for a week, then you, you don't want to eat it also anymore. And you also cannot take in all of your calories just through that because I don't know I got annoyed by almost every food after a while and it was really difficult like thinking about something that I wanted to eat because whenever I thought about food um, I felt like vomiting so I didn't want to think about food but I had to like go through everything that I could imagine to find something that I wanted to eat so that was a little bit tricky yeah what else in these uh, four weeks Ah yeah, sports. <laughs> um, so it was, it wasn't really predictable how I was feeling every day, um, but there were still some days in between that were just okay, where I had my normal energy level, where I wanted to go outside, um, and then we cycled one hundred k, or I once ran a virtual trail run of I don't know twenty four k or so in Heidelberg. So on my good days, <laughs> I. Uh, I tried to do very long and easy things because it was sort of a good distraction. Um, but on the bad days, even taking a walk around the house felt like 
I don't know, I had to convince myself one hour to, to, to go try it. And then, and then sometimes it felt like it was too much. <laughs> yeah, I cannot even explain it because it seems so strange that a walk is too much. But yeah, I just followed my, my, my body sensations and tried to make use of the good days. Well, I, I thought in the beginning that maybe moving helped against being super tired. But actually that, that didn't always help. Like sometimes in the morning when I thought, okay, I'm just gonna try to run a little bit and then maybe I have more energy. Um, but then I had to return walking and had to sleep for half an hour again. <laughs> and that didn't really work out. But I realized when I really felt sick and really felt like vomiting, then eating helped. So it's that was a little bit strange. But whenever I felt sick, I had to um, eat something. So concerning running during that during that period, I there wasn't really much <laughs> I could do. Well, on those good days, as I said, I could do really long things and easy things because I was just maybe I could have also pushed more in on the good days. But I was so happy that I was just able to go outside to move I didn't want to to take too many risks and nah, I didn't really no actually I, I didn't really feel like pushing because yeah I was just like when you come back from a flu or so and you realize that your body is still tired and hungry and a little bit weak and you don't want to force too much so yeah there I only did easy things and stopped with my with my plan. I sometimes still uh, still did um, core stability. That's actually something that I that I did a lot these past weeks because then you don't have the risk to to have to walk home for an hour. Um, yeah, and it's not that <laughs> tiring, but you still feel like you did something. Okay, and then the last three weeks, um, actually my energy returned. I would say. And also my mood. Ah, that's maybe something that I forgot to say. Really, in the in those four weeks, my mood changed a lot. Sometimes I felt aggressive, then super sad, and just like crying. And the all these homo hormones that change in your body make your make your mood also vary a lot. And that was actually the most tiring. That I was so tired and felt like vomiting, but in my head everything was also just so negative and sometimes I, I was laughing about myself because it I knew that it wasn't so super negative and I was still somehow happy to be pregnant but I don't know it was really hard to keep to, to stay positive sometimes and I was really just missing my yeah my positive intake that I normally had normally when I go outside just simple things can make me happy or I can be positive about simple things that that I'm able to go outside and that's beautiful out there or I don't know and then whenever I thought about these classical thoughts that I normally would have <laughs> I was so negative about them that I, I didn't really know how to convince myself about yeah about anything that would be positive it was really extreme so the last um, three weeks, I think I returned to my normal state of being. Well, normal <laughs> in parentheses. I started going through the practice of the LSG Karlsruhe, which was really great because I didn't run in a group since five months or so. And yeah, there we did 
some intervals and some 10k crescendo runs which really work well i would say i'm feeling good um and i can more or less keep up with with girls that i that i know have more or less my my level normally but it really depends on the day like some days it's it's just back to dying let's say but they are really getting less the only main problem that i still have is that eating is not so much fun and I, that i still often feel sick but also that is getting less and i can eat again the things that i normally eat so i don't have to buy ice cream anymore um, but I can eat my normal cereal, for example, for breakfast. Yeah, it's just when I run, I realize already that my proportions are really changed. As I said, my larger breast, but also my, my stomach often feels very blown up. Yeah, maybe I'm a little bit more or easier out of breath. But it's also when you when you didn't really run for a couple of weeks and then you return. Yeah, maybe that's just the... The, the normal the normal signs of of restarting so actually now i'm i would say or i'm expecting these next months let's see how it goes so as i said in the beginning i just asked my trainer and and my father and my gynecologist and they were all like yeah whatever you feel like you can, you can do and after a while i thought well i wanted to be more sure that 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 was okay because when you normally read an article they all say well you just have to feel good and jog around and still be able to talk but when i run a little bit faster i'm not really able to talk but maybe i still feel good and it's not super exhausting so i felt it was really difficult to know when is it too exhausting or is there a risk of high intensity that harms the embryo so that's when I, when in, in week 6 to 10 or so, I was looking for more articles um, on high intensity and the impact uh, on the baby. But there wasn't really much. I read, I don't know, like 10 studies or so. And mostly they they didn't really have many uh, women. So already the, the conclusions of the studies were not that reliable um, because they only had seven women or so that they... That they where they check this and that and mostly the conclusions were very vague yeah it's also hard to measure like what is really <laughs> causing harm and how do you measure that harm and so on but i think the general conclusion was mostly not going into higher than 90 percent of your heart rate that you have to pay more caution to overheating that you have to take in more water and that you have to really rely on your body sensations and i think that is like the main conclusion that i take away from that if if you don't feel good with what you're doing then you shouldn't do it even if literature tells you it's okay but on the other side for me, if I feel on my good days where I feel good to run fast, um, where I don't struggle or have to push myself or convince myself or whatever, I think then for me I decided it's also okay to just go. Yeah, so this is <laughs> this is how I'm thinking about it now. Yeah, maybe that will change a little bit because I realized in the beginning I was just back to that point. I was on that point where I'm now. 
And then my my boyfriend started asking more, hmm, but are you really sure? And why do you actually want to run fast now? You, you don't have a goal and you're not getting faster anyway. But for me, <laughs> I don't know, running isn't just restricted to competitions and goals and I don't like to just jog around. <laughs> so if I if I feel like I, that's my that's my hobby that I want to do in my free time and I'm feeling good with it and it makes me feel good and there's no evidence of <laughs> that I'm that I'm doing any harm to the baby then I think I'm fine with running. I mean the strange thing is <laughs> there are so many examples of pregnant women at competitions or even Olympics um, that also um, competed very well and I mean they also trained before and they probably didn't just jog around so it's it's a little bit strange that in the normal literature or in the normal not literature but websites or general public websites you just find these um, hints for a very unfit woman saying not to mean it disrespectful but I I have the feeling that it's only written for for people that don't do sports anyway uh, that you should just do yoga and always be able to talk and no marathon and no sprints just jogging but I mean there's something in between jogging and sprinting and no one really talks about that it's yeah that, that's what I what I found a little bit annoying yeah so these are my thoughts <laughs> on this um I guess there's more wisdom and more articles and more experience out there that I haven't found yet um, but for me now for, for my situation it works well to just to rely mostly on my body sensation and do what what feels good to me but okay let's keep it for like this for now and I will be back reporting in three months so hello welcome back to the second part of my uh, podcast today I will review my second trimester which I passed now uh, regarding the same aspects that I talked about in the first part. Um, yeah, actually, I think the second trimester is a little uh, more boring maybe than the first trimester because the, the changes uh, that it causes are less extreme. Um, but yeah, I'll start with um, food maybe because uh, that's, that's a good example of one which was more extreme in the first trimester. Um, where I couldn't stand certain types of food and yeah where eating was more of a difficult challenge um, I think in the first half or so of my first trimester I still had uh, nausea sometimes but most of the time I could just eat whatever I wanted and I didn't like I could return to my normal eating habits Okay, then the next part would be sleeping. I think I realized that still I had those days where I was more tired, but those days where I was really exhausted that I had before, where I didn't feel like doing anything or were just getting up or taking a walk was needed too much energy. I didn't experience such days really in the second trimester. So sometimes I had to sleep longer than usual so maybe more like nine hours or ten hours um, and when I woke up I wasn't really full of energy 
but um, yeah other than that I I didn't have to take naps anymore and um, well towards the end of the second trimester um, I the the baby started kicking around a little bit also during when I was sleeping and that caused that I woke up sometimes during um, during the mornings mostly like at four or five uh, and then sometimes it was hard to go back to sleep um, and yeah sometimes that also caused some uh, nausea or so I think maybe when it kicked inside of my stomach too much I don't really know um, but overall now I'm back to just waking up in the morning at six or so and really feeling full of energy and or not full of energy but let's say uh, I feel like I have slept enough and sometimes before it was more like waking up and thinking oh I'm still tired and then I, I kept being a little tired during the day but I mean I could work normally I could concentrate normally and I would say it wasn't it was just a little more tired than usual but not as extreme as in the first trimester definitely um, the next part that I wanted to talk about uh, was the weight. Um, I think in the beginning, I, in the first trimester, I first lost a few kilograms and then I managed to gain them again. But once I started gaining them, I really felt like I was exploding, even though I had just taken like two kilograms. But the changes were more extreme, like my breasts were really changing their size. And yeah, around my waist, I was getting fat where I normally don't have fat. Um, and yeah, my belly also started growing, but really very slowly. I think it takes longer than one expects, um, or at least for me. Um, but other than that, I think um, during the second trimester now, I I gained about, I don't know, two or three kilos each month in the beginning. And there I really often felt like I was exploding, but now towards the end it slowed down a little bit. So now since a few weeks I didn't really take on any weight. Um, and yeah, you really f it doesn't really go linearly. So um, I feel once, it, once, um, once my weight increases, then I really feel like I'm exploding for a while, but then... I get used to it or I don't know my body adapts to it and the muscles maybe develop or so um, and then um, and, and then this normal this new body form sort of feels normal so even now I weigh like 10 kilos more than before pregnancy but since I didn't my weight didn't change in a few weeks I feel quite normal like as if I would always be like this you know I don't feel that pregnant I just <laughs> feel like in, a, in my normal body let's say unless I start doing sports <laughs> then everything changes but I think um, apart from doing sports there's pregnancy doesn't really affect me much I can I mean as I said I I can sleep eat and work and be normal well sometimes i realized maybe that i was a little that my mood swinged a little bit more extreme but that was just on a few days that i don't know i had a flat tire and i almost started crying and those little things where you think okay i i feel like i'm a little bit 
exaggerating and I knew it in the moment but sometimes in some moments I just realized that I don't know I got super uh, I don't know angry or sad or my emotions were sometimes a little bit more extreme than usual but really just on a few days and uh, yeah so <laughs> I, I think um, yeah maybe I was also more alert to that because I'm pregnant and maybe in a normal period of nine months you also sometimes have those days where you think okay now I'm a little bit too emotional and yeah maybe it's just the circumstances overall I don't think everything can be explained by the hormones and by pregnancy and so on yep so now the last <laughs> biggest part uh, sports <laughs> actually the the topic of my podcast always um yeah that's that changed really enormously during the second trimester because in the beginning um i could more or less do everything uh, and everything also like i was used to so i could do fast intervals almost as fast as always i could do long runs um and I also really felt like I wanted to do those. So it was really, um, for me, it was a little bit tricky to, to know whether I was um, allowed to do those things because, um, yeah, most of my um, running female friends, they told me, yeah, but I didn't really feel like running fast, so I didn't do that or... I don't know they didn't really feel this urge to, to, to even try or to do that so so I was wondering why I still had that so extreme and now I also have it less so maybe they just forgot about a certain period where they, <laughs> where they were having it in the beginning I don't know but um, so in the beginning of my first trimester I I realized that I really also wanted to, to go do fast workouts and and yeah also run a lot and fast but um i never really like during those fast things i never really felt like pushing myself to my extreme um but still i mean 10 times to 100 or so still is somehow difficult and i th well no let's come to that part if i could still do that now uh, later um but what I wanted to say that in the beginning I did a lot of like fast and short things or really long runs like 30k and with short things I mean like 200s or even sprints. Um, maybe because I thought well once I get heavier or so maybe those things won't be that much possible. I don't know but I also like really now that I don't have a training plan and so on wanted to take advantage of just being able to that I could do what I wanted but with more and more time passing uh, and my weight increasing and increasing um, I realized that I didn't really feel the urge so much anymore to go fast but also I I did many alternative things like I went for uh, several days a hiking trip several days a biking trip and then hiking again so I also didn't have the time to, <laughs> to always run um, but I just realized that I get out of breath earlier and also um, that my body didn't cope so well anymore with the, with the training load because uh, I had uh, my muscles were sore after most runs mostly probably because my weight increased 
um, I got out of breath earlier and yeah sometimes um, running was just less fun because I felt very heavy and wobbly and also I realized that I need much more <laughs> regeneration time than normally like normally I would do something fast and the next day I could do something slow let's say and now I needed like three days before I even wanted to go run again after one fast run um, but still I could like go to the training and train with the with the girls so that worked well um, but as my as my weight increased as I said I realized my ankle was hurting and everything was a little bit yeah going towards um, being overused so I decided now nah, I rather want to look for alternative things also because just yeah running didn't feel so flawless anymore the heavier I got so towards the mid of the second pre uh, trimester I really did more alternative stuff I started more swimming hiking cycling and so on because I still had this like energy and willingness to go outside and do things but I realized that I don't really have this urge anymore to do sprints or to do anything really exhausting um, yeah so that's what I did then less um, but overall this entire shift I would say wasn't that linear linearly I think it's the same like with the weight and your body feeling like on some days you think okay this is the last day I'm gonna run ever in pregnancy and now it only gets worse and like a few days later you can fly again and then I don't know and then it doesn't work again for two weeks and yeah I don't know it's not really <laughs> it's not that constant as I'm as I'm now saying it so really the trick is just trying out and being open to also just sometimes I tried and then I after like 100 meters I realized okay today uh, it doesn't work at all so I went back home um, because some, it really depends also on how the baby is laying I feel depending on whether I don't know the head is maybe more towards the front or the back or I don't know it really feels sometimes very annoying and sometimes you don't even feel pregnant or I didn't feel pregnant at all <laughs> but yeah it really depends on the location of the baby but also what you ate and or if you have something in your stomach and the bladder also was more and more a problem to me because I really had to pee all of the time um, or at least felt like it and that's an annoying feeling it's a little bit like when you ate a pizza and a milkshake and then you try to go running and everything is just full and wobbling and you just cannot also use your stomach muscles that much <laughs> so you feel like you're not really in your normal running shape and I don't know it, it really depended on on different things and every time I felt like okay now I figured it out a little bit then your entire body changes again and you start being in in a different phase so you have to readapt again and relearn again so it's really yeah, it's really a matter of trying out, figuring out. But in the end, I now feel very confident just listening to my body. Because in the beginning, um, I think I said that in the first part, in the first trimester, I was reading a lot. I was asking people and so on. And the, the basis of what they were saying was often just listen to your body. 
and I felt like, yeah, but my body is, <laughs> is sending crazy messages. How can I? I don't really know how to interpret them. And by now, I feel very confident on just, yeah, on just listening to my body. It sounds a little bit too simple, but it really tells you when you want to do something and when you can do something. And um, yeah, I also don't really think, like sometimes I did some very exhausting things <laughs> like uh, running 35 kilometer trail runs <laughs> or so. And then I realized in the night, okay, I'm, I'm more exhausted than normal and I cannot even fall asleep or so. And then I didn't do that anymore, but it's still, still since I didn't push myself over a certain limit, which somehow is, um, is now lower, you still know that you didn't like uh, destroy anything or d did something very bad. <laughs> I don't know, it's difficult to explain, but once, um, yeah, it, it's not like you, you try something and then just because you tow over the line a little bit everything is like destroyed forever it it feels more like the line is so much um, lowered now like your body tells you so much earlier that you're going in a wrong direction um, and yeah that it's much easier also to um, to read those signs let's put it that way Yep. So overall, I think I could still run uh, super fast right now if I would want to, because the difference between when I just run by myself and when I go to training is still a lot. But um, somehow I I don't really care about it anymore. I don't want to try or. I don't know. So I, I think there could probably be women that um, it, it's not just your body, I think, that tells you not to do it. Because I think your body could still, um, like on good days or especially in the morning when you don't have food and so much water inside of you, then um, also for me running was easier. Um, yeah, but I what I wanted to say is that it's not really that forbidden now to <laughs> to like run fast I just don't feel like it anymore or yeah like it has to feel good it's like as I said when you ate a pizza and a milkshake and then you try to go running fast if you really really want to you could probably still do it but I then often think, nah, okay, today I ate too many pizzas. No, just <laughs> as a, for you to have a sense of the feeling. And I'll try again tomorrow. And then sometimes it's a little bit better. But I have the experience that, yeah, there are, there are almost no days where it just, no days anymore where it just feels perfect and super non-pregnant and but it's okay i mean i only have three months left and yeah there as i said it doesn't bother me so much because i can still go out do so many other things and just do easier things and yeah i <laughs> i think I, I will as long as i can still do that and i um i think that should work for three more months i will see how it develops um, I'm fine with this transition. But I find it though very interesting that in the beginning I really also 
wanted and <laughs> went for many uh, harder and fast runs in the second trimester. And now I, I feel much more confident also just doing nothing for three days because because it just feels right. <laughs> but it's difficult to explain. But I, I think the bottom line is listen to your body, but you can only listen to your body if you give it a try in these situations and if you experience some situations from which you can learn and know which sensations means what. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's what I wanted to say. Okay, so that, that's it for the second trimester. Now let's hope that the third one will go as smooth as this one <laughs> goes. And yeah, then I'm very excited for birth. Bye-bye. <laughs> so, welcome back again. Um, today I'll review the third part of my, uh, of my pregnancy. So, so the third trimester, the last three months of my pregnancy, which are now behind me. <laughs> Maybe you can hear, Emil has arrived. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk about the same aspects as before. Um, so food, sleep and sports mostly to begin with. Uh, I think it makes sense to divide these last three months more or less in two parts. Because for the first two months, so months uh, eight and nine, the, the changes were more or less the same. And then for the last four weeks, I realized more changes. So that would be uh, the second part of the third trimester. So let's start with food. Well, in the second trimester, I said that <laughs> that pregnancy got more boring. And I think in the third trimester, it got even more boring because there's not so much to, to report about actually anymore. So I wanted to talk about food, but actually not that much changed. So I could, during all of the uh, third trimester, I could eat whatever I want and didn't really have uh, nausea or anything like that. Just maybe towards week, what was it, like 34, 35, something like that. Um, so before the baby moves down, but when it's quite large already, I felt like I couldn't really eat much because probably there wasn't much room anymore in my stomach um, and for example just drinking an entire glass of water at once seemed sometimes too much or in the evening uh, I realized that I could only eat very little but still I was hungry and thirsty <laughs> I just had to um, like spread the intake more over the day so um, often I woke up at night uh, being hungry and I made it sort of a habit always having a snack besides my bed like a banana or a cookie or so because I often woke up feeling super hungry but I didn't really manage to like eat enough in the evening so that I didn't wake up hungry so I realized that I had to eat more snacks and my main meals uh, I couldn't really eat that much anymore but that got better in the second part, so the last four weeks of the last trimester, uh, when the baby moved down, so then my stomach had a little bit more space. Yep, so much about food. The next part would be sleep. I think in the first part of the third trimester, so the first eight weeks, so that would be week 28 to week 36 <laughs> well I was sort of round but my, my weight didn't really change during 10 weeks so 
um, my belly only grew slowly bigger, but I wasn't really, I don't know, round, very round or big all of the time, only during the last four weeks when also my weight increased a lot. And I would say that sleep worked well in the, or that I could sleep more or less well in the beginning. But during the last four weeks, I really had more trouble turning around <laughs> in my bed because um, using my stomach muscles was, was more, maybe I lost them or I don't know, just turning from left to right was more difficult and laying on my on my back wasn't comfortable sometimes and yeah obviously sleeping on my belly which I normally often do wasn't possible anymore so actually only the last four weeks I felt like it was very difficult finding a comfortable position to sleep in um, and turning around and because also when I was laying on my side I felt like my belly was so large that I still had to like somehow carry it even though I was laying on my side and it wasn't really comfortable because after a while you wanted to move but there weren't really many positions to which you could change so the last four weeks were a little bit more difficult to really sleep well and I sometimes yeah woke up and then as I said I was hungry or I don't know it wasn't really I couldn't just sleep eight hours let's put it that way um but still, it was manageable, <laughs> I would say. And especially the first uh, eight weeks of the third trimester were quite normal and okay. And then the last part, sports. Well, I think here again, the first eight weeks where my weight didn't really change and my, and my belly only slowly grew bigger, uh, I felt it was quite boring let's say because I there there were still some days where I had a lot of energy and some somewhere I were tired but when I had a lot of energy I didn't really know how to lose it because running um, became more and more diff or not difficult just annoying sort of or not much fun well on some good days I felt I felt I felt really good for 2k or so but after that my pelvic floor muscles were just getting tired and it feels a little bit like when you have to to pee or and then you try to go fast you cannot really pick up your knees and yeah you just feel slow and not really able <laughs> to run anymore um, so then I, after like 2k or so, I slowed down and just jogged around and in the end it, it was more or less always this just jogging around. So I stopped running by about week 36 or so because it was just well, not so much fun. I would probably still be able to run until the end of my, I would have been able to run until the end of my pregnancy I think. but. Yeah, the, it, it depends on what you call running. Like normally running to me has many different paces in which you can run or many different, you can do many different kinds of runs. And towards the end of my pregnancy, I felt like all of the runs were always the same. It was always flat, maximum 5k, always slow, always just jogging around and not feeling light or strong or <laughs> very good or it was just a way of going outside and getting some fresh air maybe but f normally there are more aspects where I uh, why I want to go outside and run and now it was very limited to only 
to only a few so it lost a little bit the attractiveness <laughs> sort of for me so i changed more to to alternative sports i still did a lot of hiking and strength uh, training and towards the end also i cycled a lot on my on my home trainer uh, and that was actually something that i realized quite late that there i could still really do intervals and exhaust myself and feeling very good about it because neither the my, my, my weight or my belly or my body sensation really got annoying so it felt it felt re really good pushing on a home trainer but with walking it was similar to running in a sense that after a while my pelvic floor muscles got tired and my legs got sore and tired it was just less fast than uh, with running so for example in the uh, in the end i could still let's say run 5k and the same feeling i had after like three hours of hiking and four to six weeks later i had the same feeling after already two kilometers of running and already after two hours of hiking let's say so i realized Walking and running sort of use the same muscles, just that they are tired way faster when you run compared to when you hike. But other than that, I had the same problems, let's say, like for example, going up and down with running. It wasn't really possible anymore in the, in the, in the last trimester um, because I just had to like stop or carry too much weight. So especially going downhill was a problem and the same with walking but to a lesser degree so I I felt that it tired me but maybe not so much as was running yeah but all of that is more or less valid for the first eight weeks of the third trimester but then around week 36 so four weeks before uh, the birth that's I think when my my body sensation sort of changed because first of all I got more test contractions which caused that the that the baby moved further down which is quite normal, but it was sort of a new sensation because then you also feel the head further down and uh, of the baby. Um, and also these test contractions were like a new body sensation where before I might also sometimes have like a hard stomach or so, but yeah, contractions just feel then a little different again. And I had to get used to which degree of contractions were just normal for this stage of pregnancy and which were maybe caused by by me doing sports so it took me like a week or two around christmas where i did less and then all of that vanished again and i felt more comfortable or normal again in my in my body but then i was quite tired or i didn't really feel like going outside that much anymore I, I felt like I needed more rest <laughs> probably also because it was just shortly before birth and my body sort of knew that that was coming or maybe I also knew that that was coming <laughs> so the last four weeks I did some strength things but also my hikes got a lot shorter and um, yeah I just rested more and didn't run anymore but overall these last four weeks I was a little bit impatient maybe waiting for birth finally to come and I was really looking forward to that but other than that I was not really uncomfortable or in a state that I couldn't do anything but I also didn't really 
miss it that much as in the I found it more difficult those the other eight weeks before that because then I somehow still wanted to do something but wasn't really able like to run anymore for example but in those last four weeks I often also didn't really feel like doing much yeah so that helped Okay, and in this last part, I would like to reflect upon why giving birth is different than running a marathon, because I often hear this comparison during pregnancy, and I felt before that there are some aspects that, that are different, and now that uh, birth has passed, which went all well without complications and all natural, yeah, I just want to share my thoughts on what I think is similar and what I think is different in giving birth and running a marathon. So I'll start with what is different so i think for um for a marathon you can prepare physically but for birth you cannot really prepare physically it's more the general condition of your body uh, that has an impact but you cannot really train your muscles or the contractions because um, they the contractions happen by themselves while for a marathon you really have to do the trainings and prepare your muscles sort of for the challenge of the marathon and also during pregnancy the muscles of the uterus grow 20 times as large and reach 1.3 kilograms while it's 100 grams before so <laughs> i assume during a marathon build-up my my leg muscles don't grow that much even though i consciously train them so already this training aspect uh, is very different then secondly, I would say you can control more during a marathon than during birth because when during a marathon, when I feel my legs closing up, I can adapt my pace. But during birth, the muscles that press the baby down contract without me controlling or initiating this. So it's more the body that, that guides the process. And all I can do is really focus on, on relaxation, um, not wasting too much energy and staying calm. While during a marathon, the the focus is more not on relaxation, but the opposite. What's the opposite of relaxation? <laughs> on yeah, on pushing yourself. And I think during birth, the the focus is not so much on pushing yourself, only maybe towards the end, but more on relaxing yourself. So all I can do during birth is breathe well to provide oxygen, um, and rest well in between contractions and save energy. Um, for the last part, where which is the only part where I can actively help pressing the baby out, and I think in a marathon that is uh, a little bit different because I can I can control more throughout the entire thing. And then lastly, the the motivation is very different, I would say, because running in the marathon, running a fast marathon in the end, is something I do for myself, and yeah, giving birth is something I do not only for myself, but also for the baby and for my husband and there's no option really to just stop and try again another time and to me the this motivation for giving a natural birth to a healthy baby is much stronger and emotionally much more meaningful and much more worthwhile than running a fast marathon maybe that's also why i don't run fast marathons but <laughs> yeah okay now what what both have in common so why i think you still do have some advantage being a runner <laughs> and giving birth but I think in general being a runner you have many advantages <laughs> in different aspects of life but anyhow here are my points 
So I think you can prepare mentally for both. So knowing what to expect, what you can influence and visualize the different phases and be clear about your motivation are points that you can do for both and that actually also help a lot. So for me, it, it helped a lot um, going to a, a class before that prepares sort of for birth where they where a midwife explains the different phases and explains what to expect. And I read some books and just knowing this theory and having a visual image of that helped me. So secondly, both consist of different phases. So I thought before giving birth is something that requires active physical effort from me. But as I said, most phases of birth just pass by contractions that I cannot control. Um, and the only active parts in the part of me in the beginning are breathing and staying calm. Um, and then only for the last part, which which can arrive maybe after 20 hours <laughs> of contractions. Um, I think for me it took like seven hours. That's like the part where you're allowed to actively press until the baby is out, which took for me like one and a half hours. But all of that before, yeah, you, the focus was more on staying calm. But what I wanted to say is um, more that you have here these different phases and that nothing is really constant so it, no matter if you just feel good or bad it doesn't really stay like that forever and I think that's similar um, when running a marathon the first half or even more I try to pass half asleep relaxing breathing well and saving energy so similar to the first part of giving birth but whenever it gets hard it can get easy again so yeah, my point is here that no feeling is constant and that there are different phases. <laughs> Third point, I think what helps in both is to narrow the attention to what's inside of one's control. So it doesn't really help to stress about anything that is outside of your control. And during birth, that means for me trusting the advice of the medical team around me and focusing on staying calm and breathing well, as I said. And during a marathon, that means for me comparing my body sensations with what I expect the specific phase to feel like and adapt my pace accordingly, um, at least during the first half. Yeah, so that's, I think, a point that, that both of um, both have in common. Then what also helped or what is what helps for both is, I think, when you're familiar with the experience of going beyond your limit. Because when I hear about other women's expectations or experiences from birth, I sometimes ask myself whether this um, was or will be the first time they go beyond their limit, not knowing what to expect and how the body will behave. And in addition, I felt their partners have never been there with them crossing that line. And I think if you have a partner that runs with you and if you run marathons, uh, that's something that, that helps because because I made these experiences together with my partner before who paced me during two marathons. I, and I think knowing oneself and each other in such situations, situations is really a benefit. And then lastly, I think every birth is different as every pregnancy probably as well. And, and so is also every marathon. So maybe you have, after a while, the experience and maybe you prepared. But nevertheless, I think such both events demand a portion of, of curiosity and openness to accept uh, how everything develops. And I think that's something you learn um, by, by going through a marathon preparation and then running it or multiple marathon preparations. And that also 
helps you having a certain openness to to how everything will develop yep yeah so these are my uh, my thoughts <laughs> related to running and giving birth i hope uh, all of my reviews and my my thoughts are somewhat helpful and interesting to my listeners <laughs> yeah and i hope I will get back with a with a podcast interviewing someone, which is a little bit tricky now since since a while with Corona because I don't really like interviewing online. <laughs> but yeah, I hope very much that that will change in near future. So that's it for today, and bye bye. <laughs>